What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? With a good old humor, man. With a good, good old humor, not a good old humor. Yeah, good, good old, old humor, humor, man. Yeah. Uh, three. This is the third episode of the week. Um, mm. First day of July. First day of July. Yeah, the second half of the of uh, 2022. Yeah, yeah, that means we are officially in the second half. Mm, Will you, you wake up today with a spring in your step or anything? Huh? I'm not. That, well, I'm not one of those people that that you know like uh, get puts to have a, a spring of, in your step. Is it? No, 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 no. It puts a lot of uh, they're like, oh, today is the first day of the second half of the. Yeah, I used to work with someone like that. It was damn fucking annoying because every day is the first, is the first and only day like this of of forever, right? So when would that person say every, the start of every week or the start of every quarter? And then they would the say they month. would say it to you. Yeah, yeah, in meetings or what? Today is the first day of the one of the month. So today is the first day of the quarter. Today is the first day of the second half of the. Uh, and then trying to add more significance into <laughs> into the shit they were saying, like, which is like, just say what you need to say. Don't need to tell these god-grandfather stories and all that. So he was like a superior or colleague or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the big boss, uh, but it's... Oh, the I big mean, boss. Stupid. They just add... Did they just see some grandiosity? Is it delusions of grandeur like, when it comes to... I mean, it's just time moving, like, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I I will say that I think there is some like truth to okay, if you're going through a shit period, right? Doesn't mean that the 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 next like the next few days or next few weeks are going to be bad. La. And I remember telling myself that at times in the past, maybe like okay, whatever happened, that's the past. Okay, you have a chance to make it better. La. But I wouldn't say it to other people, especially at the workplace. La. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's when it gets annoying. Yeah, la. yeah. <laughs> Imposition of uh, for a moment when you said when you said you work with someone who said that, I was like, "Don't tell me this fucker is talking about me." Eh. I no, never no, said that you. shit. It's ah, not okay, you. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's not you. You, you, you. The the stuff you say is, uh, I mean, it's it's a separate case of issues, la. Separate <laughs> basket of issues. Yeah, you yeah. speak as though you're so innocent, la. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All of us have our quirks. Exactly. So I'm, not, I'm just saying it's not. It's not. This one is not referring to you. Don't worry. All of us have our quirks. Still, Cool, man. But All yeah. right. So we got a spicy topic to, uh, like a surprisingly spicy topic. La. Initially, I wasn't the keenest, but it turned out to be spicy. But before yeah, I'm very that, surprised that yeah, yeah. You're not, you were not the keenest about it because like, it's right up your alley. Yeah, but, I can uh, yeah. I can explain why I can explain, sure. explain why. But before sure, that, sure, sure. what is the one thing we want to say to our dear listeners? Um, I think one the the often neglected aspects of our podcast has been YouTube. For various reasons, I mean, uh, the honest thing is that yeah, producing videos of uh, every single podcast is quite an endeavor. So we, we've right now, uh, by rule of thumb, we've only we only post like uh, video interviews that we've done with uh, guests, um, videos of the video interviews. Uh, but we're re- we're kind of relooking what we can do for to for YouTube in general, and and we realize that yeah, there is a whole uh, spectrum of of listeners, some of whom. Uh, only use YouTube, you know. They only mm-hmm. use YouTube to consume content. So we're actually thinking of, of ways that we can get our audio, the audio experience of Yalabad to yeah. more people. And uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Harish had the idea. Why not we just post the audio onto YouTube itself, mm. You know, without without the 
without without the 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 glorious um our faces in glorious HD. Yeah, uh, to right. accompany the audio, right? Yeah, and yeah, then, then then we thought, yeah, actually that that makes a lot of sense. YouTube, I mean, it's 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 meant to be a search engine as well. So, uh, yeah, I think going forward, we're we'll doing a lot more of that. So, if you're a big YouTube consumer like I am, uh, yeah, do do make sure to follow and subscribe us on on YouTube, lah. Yeah, because we have had requests, and I think some people they played without even watching the video, and that's how we have seen other podcasts do it as well. And we're like, yo, man, why not? Why not? Yeah, right. Yeah. But this I video, mean, on occasion, if, yeah. if we do want to show our faces, we will show our faces as well, lah. Yeah, like this episode, lah. Like this episode, lah. Our yeah, glorious faces, correct? Yeah, yeah. Correct. Cool. All right, man. So, so then we can dive into the first topic. Yeah, let's dive into the first topic, which is some in some way poetic because we are talking about things that were spoken about during a podcast or like an interview, mm. lah. Right? Yeah, but a twenty-four minute podcast. Twenty-four minute podcast. Um. Yes. Between our dear Shamugam with mm. uh, and Stephen Sakur, who is a BBC journalist and he's also the host of BBC's Hard Talk Show, mm. where it's basically right. an interview format, like where they've had a like a huge list of well-known figures, international figures, celebrities, and he himself has interviewed quite a lot of uh, prominent individuals, like including Lee mm. Sien Loong back in 2017. Yeah, that's right. Right, but and, and they're known guess, to. Yeah. Do not pull any punches when it comes to asking questions. Uh, right. So, okay, when they say not pull any punches, mm-hmm. but isn't that saying that they're not going to punch, but they are punching? Uh? So why the phrase pull any punches? I always get confused by that phrase. When you pull any punches means you pull back. Uh, you, don't, you don't punch. But then if you, you pull a back, fast uh. one, you do a fast one. Uh. You, you are pulling this, you, you pull a fast one. I think it means like you're most like you pulling a hood over someone's head. But when it comes to boxing, when you pull a punch, means you hold back, la. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a stupid ass. Like you pull a prank, also, right? You don't not do the prank. Yeah, yeah. So like a prank again is the analogy of like you pulling the hood over someone's head, la. But when you pull a punch, it's, it's a different thing, lah. I mean, this is like our discussion about falling through and falling to place. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Right. The the English language is very beautiful that way. I mean, beautiful and and, and silly that way. Yeah, like you just change one word, the whole meaning changes, lah, right? Yeah, I would like to ask Stephen Sakur that question. Yeah, what is yeah. the difference? But yes, yeah. regardless, there there were some hard questions, lah. Um, mm. But it was, I mean, it it was released on Wednesday, so twenty yeah. ninth July. Uh, yeah. And I mean, today there's just a bunch of articles. Twenty ninth June, sorry, twenty ninth June, twenty ninth June. Yeah. A bunch of articles talking about the main topics, and the Ministry of Home Affairs also just uploaded the whole transcript. Mm, that's right. That's um, right. But yeah, why did you? Why were you so excited to talk about this? Eh? Uh, I mean, I was quite intrigued by the headline, uh, which I thought would would you know draw in the uh, drawing people like you, you know, to, mm. to really want to like rant about it and, and everything. Just and the headline, headline was uh. about about whether Singapore is ready for a non Chinese prime minister, like, Right? I mean, mm. essentially, they, they, I think the specific segment in the interview, uh, Stephen Sucker or Sakor. He asks, uh, he tells Shamugam, like, isn't it, since Lawrence Wong has been anointed the next PM, uh, Singapore is going to have its fourth uh, majority uh, majority race prime minister since independence and everything. Lah. So, uh, you know, uh, an accomplished uh, politician or minister like yourself, how come, surely, surely, you know, is it, isn't it sad that, that, you you know, as a minority, you never get a shot at being PM? Lah? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he made that he made that assertion like, immediately that you know, 
um, you just just ask almost asking him like, yeah, isn't it? Don't you find it a sad situation? Mm. And uh, yeah, and 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 so I think uh, that that dovetails a lot with the you know that that outrage about the non Chinese PM Singapore not ready for non Chinese PM comments that uh, I think Hing Sui Kiat made a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a it was just a very big uh, it seemed like that that seemed like a huge um, a huge like. Like it's just bait, lah. You know, bait for Shanmugan to to jump in and 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 destroy the argument and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it would be, uh, I thought it would be a lot more. Uh, you know, um, his response or or what would be more dissected and more covered in the news than it actually has been, lah. Right. You mean the Sing- the Singapore news, lah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Singapore news has played it down quite a bit, lah. How to and play, play it up, bro? But it hasn't hasn't been hasn't like captured the headlines, lah. Right. Yeah, like that, yeah. So, so yeah. that's why I was I was very curious. How come you even for you it wasn't even as, as exciting a topic as you imagined? I think because when I saw the headlines, um, like okay, the headlines in on mothership is Singapore government engaging in wide set of consultations on three seven seven A, including with LGBTQ plus community Shamogam. Um, mm. just now I think the one you said about the race thing is one of the many headlines that we've seen, like, Because there's another yeah. headline. Entirely possible for Malay or Indian to be PM in Singapore, okay, Shamugam. And the headlines were just pieces of it. Like. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this is just, I don't know, he was at some forum or, or something. Mm. So admittedly, I didn't dive deep into listening to the podcast before we mm. decided to rank it. Because like. reading the article also, yeah. it just seems so factual. So basically, you read the headline, you judged it based on the headline. Like. Uh, yes, on a few okay. headlines like, and the body okay. of text. Like. Okay. Yes, yes. Got I will totally it. admit I did that. Got it. Um, okay. But but yeah, I'm glad that you pushed for it because when I listened to the podcast, like five minutes in, I was like, "Oh my god, this is interesting." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and interesting, then I, huh? I, I, I mean, I hadn't listened to the podcast yet at the point where I was like, "Hey, let's talk about this topic." But I, I felt like, "Oh, if it's Shamugam on hard talk, it shouldn't." I don't think it's that kind of walk in the park that that Shamugam usually experiences when when you know when talking when talking to people in Singapore and all that, like, You know. Yeah, hard yeah, talk, yeah because hard talk has a reputation for pushing quite, you know, quite hard on on the interviewees. But what yeah. about the the interview made you say, "Oh shit," and all? Um, I mean, okay, so so after listening to the whole interview, which I recommend everybody just try and listen to, even for a bit to get a taste of it. Um, mm. I thought it was interesting because yeah, he asked questions that I'm sure anyone would love to ask, and and. There's a difference between reading a response in the paper as opposed to hearing the person being asked the question respond over audio, right? Mm. Uh, mm. Because when he asks certain questions, I mean, there are many thoughts about how he asks the questions and the questions he asks. But when he asks a question, ultimately, yeah, Shamogam is there to answer. He can't deflect to anyone. Yeah. Um, he can't say, oh, you know, Speaker of the House, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he has to answer it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I think that's the best podcast I've listened to this week. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the, it, I, I don't know, for me, la, it's the first time I hear someone almost uh, speaking over Shamugam at certain yeah, points. Yeah, that's true. Not only pushing back on the ideas, but speaking over him, interrupting him, not letting him finish his lines, which is what Shamugam usually does to, to everyone who talks to him. La, you know? Yeah, I guess so it was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> shit, man. Did not expect that. Exactly. I think that was part of the, ooh, I've never seen this happen before, Spicy. or at least in recent times. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
spicy. But you have to, but but what do you think of how Shamugam handled a lot of the questions? Uh? I mean, regardless of the content of what he said and all that. I actually thought he was good, man. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I thought, have to admit he was well prepared. Like, he was very well prepared. He, yeah, he was fucking yeah. well prepared. And like, if I was a neutral party listening to him, I would be, I can imagine myself maybe disagreeing with the law, but holy shit, uh, you, there's a certain level of like, okay, this guy, he's not just some aimless politician who got, don't know how he ended up there. He's a, yeah. full, he's what you would expect of a law minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, and, and the, his direct answer to, to, you know, the question of, you know, Singapore having four Chinese PMs since independence. Yeah. He's like, I mean, come on, look at the UK. How many non-white prime ministers <laughs> yeah, have you had, you know? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, race matters, you know? It's like, you're almost like, you're such a, like a, almost like a mic drop kind of moment. Like, who are you to question, question and criticize Singapore for, for, uh, you know, racial inequality and all that, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, that made me think, I'm sure the questions are given beforehand. Well, what do you think, um. Yeah, he was almost. It felt almost like he had the statistics just off the top of his head, like he he really knew what he was going to say for each of them. But at the same time, uh, you know, Shamugam is a is Machine. a. I mean, he's a lawyer, lah, right? You know, he he knows his shit well, and and he he's got the facts and the figures. And uh, the 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 one thing that was really another thing that was really quite uh, surprising to me was the the way they debated the about the death penalty in Singapore. Mm. Mm. I think. Uh, well, you could really hear the conviction in Shamugam's uh, arguments, right? The conviction yeah. of like uh, why capital punishment is is necessary in dealing with drugs, and he, you know, he he also came prepared. I don't know how uh, accurate or, or correct these examples are because I've seen I've seen I've seen uh, you know on on both sides of the aisle, uh, both sides of the aisle have brought up very shady uh, references for you know for for the case for legalizing drugs and the case for against against uh you know having taking a hard stand against drugs i've seen shady sh- sources on both sides uh, so i'm not sure the how good those sources are but the very fact that he had them off the top of his head and and he could bring up examples from around the world and everything um yeah show that he was really well prepared la. and like you said a neutral listener would be like oh this guy has a point you know yeah so so i guess i mean the the thing is okay so if if you haven't listened to it yet just broadly speaking, the main pillars that Stephen Sarko uh, asked him about was like, it starts off with political control about, mm. you know, how the laws that were enacted in the 1960s by Lee Kuan Yew has stood for 50 plus years. Is it time for it to evolve given the social control and freedom? And then uh, that became, uh, went on to the death penalty for drug traffickers. And just, yeah, mm. like what Terence said, the verbal jousting between the policies of Singapore versus what the rest of the world things Singapore should be doing and mm. then um, section 377A about the why that hasn't been repealed yet and why mm. homosexuality between a man or the act of homosexuality is still a crime and then the last one was racial discrim- discrimination and the the Chinese PM la. oh sorry that was second yeah. to last the last one was about FICA la, the yeah. foreign interference yeah. law right Yeah. So so that was the gist of it and like just hearing those topics already I mean reading it is one thing but listening to it it is damn interesting like, because yeah, like what like what you said, right? I can't imagine I can't recall a time uh where someone could ask Shamugam that wasn't in Parliament. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like uh as articulately as Steven Sarko. Like I mean we can talk about the questions he asked, but yeah. there's just a certain uh weight uh, of mm. him, like, I guess, because it's a level, it's one on one, right? Yeah. And I mean uh 
to this Steven Sarko's credit, he he, you know when 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 Shamugam did the the Lee Kuan Yew thing, show me the evidence, show me the mm. evidence. Where is the evidence of this racial discrimination or that? To his credit, he brought up the thing about uh, you know, discrimination in rental, yeah, uh, in, in in that minorities have in finding rental flats and and. Uh, discrimination they face uh, finding jobs you know because of Mandarin you don't speak Mandarin or whatever like that yeah uh, so he had those examples at, at his fingertips as well uh. so he was um, I mean I, I would say pretty well informed for uh, you know a, a, a foreign uh, journalist like, right you know mm. what I mean a non-Singaporean because these are very issues that are very close to the ground that I don't think anybody randomly would just know about or hear of like. yeah uh, but the one thing I was like wow the the one that the one that I saw Shabungam was just relishing in his mic drop moment was then he when he I mean he paraphrased uh, Stalin right he said like oh the death of one uh, drug trafficker by hanging is a tragedy but the you know the death of a million by uh, due to drug trafficking is a, just becomes just a statistic uh. oh that was Stalin who said it uh? uh yeah I believe so I mean the death of one's a tragedy the death of a million is just a statistic uh, you know mm. Yeah, so uh bye bye he basically was uh he basically uh, uh what do you call it uh, paraphrase that to say that yeah la, we all here we all hear the media you're also focused talking about that one capital punishment issue that, that you know of that Malaysian uh trafficker who, who was sentenced to death here. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about that and calling it tragedy and, and, and saying that Singapore's reputation will sink and everything. But you don't think about the three thousand, you know, lives, uh, three thousand traffickers that were arrested who have, would have affected thousands more of Singaporeans' lives. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, whoever, whichever your side of the fence you're on about that, you you know, that you also can't argue against his stance to say that he's, uh, first and foremost trying to, you know, uh, protect the local population. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, we've we've spoken a lot about Shamogam and his answers, and and I mean, like certain things he said. Also, I felt is we've heard before, lah. You know, like mm. when he talked about his his experience as a minority in Singapore and that of others, um, yeah. is a lot better than minorities in other countries. Um, yeah. which I mean, you can imagine to be true, but it's also kind of using his own experience, which I thought, eh, hey, like right. we've we've heard that before, lah. Um, yeah. but then on and I mean, while he was kind of he had a lot of conviction in his answers. He didn't mm. say anything that a Singaporean has not heard before. But mm. if we go over to the other side, what do you think of Steven Sakura? Uh, I mean, that's why I, I think like what I said earlier, I thought he, at least he came also well prepared lah. Mm. With, uh, you know, with, with evidence to back up some of his assertions and all that. Uh, of course, you know, given the style of the show and, and, uh, and how he says, he's probably like like we would expect you know, when you know it's BBC Hard Talk, right? Yeah. For those of you maybe too young to or, or never heard of it, this they they've always been known to ask these kind of push push and ask these kind of questions, uh, you know, uh, and almost to a point where yeah la, they may be almost too focused on the negative negative portrayals of Singapore in the media, la, right? Like mm. I mean, there was no mention of you know the fact that Singapore has uh, come out from COVID relatively uh, unscathed, uh, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, of course, there were failures along the way, but uh, you know the, the the fact that a vaccine was delivered to almost ninety five percent of the population, and everything, it's a huge success, lah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it, there there is a bit of that uh, 
oh, you know, like, yeah, let's let's look past all the good things that you're done and talk about how draconian society you guys live in, you know? And, uh, well, but the one thing to remember is that this draconian society is one that a lot of foreigners are moving into as well, yeah. like, and clamoring <laughs> to buy property here and causing us locals also to, you know, reckon with higher property prices and then higher cost of living and everything. Like. So, yeah, you can say a lot of things about Singapore, but there's also... There's also certain uh, probably more positive aspects that definitely he didn't touch on. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, I think while I get that this is a TV show that they mm. are meant to ask questions and maybe if you ask Steven Sakura off, uh, he also might agree that, okay, it's not the most objective, but just listening to it, I mean, he starts off, um, I mean, yeah, there's all this mentioned that, oh, these draconian laws and yeah. like, um, I think at one point when he was talking about 3-7, 7A, he said, yeah. um, what what on earth is the justification for that? So yeah. the whole interview, it really felt like, okay, you know the stereotypical mindset or uh, perception of what Singapore is, right? He just mm. fucking like, okay, this is my understanding of Singapore uh, mm. and can you explain why? Um, yeah. And I found it annoying at times because it mm. is just, I get you're trying to push the right buttons mm. uh, or, or push some buttons, but to mm. the listener who maybe might not understand the full context of Singapore, it really paints us like a fucking like prison of a country, man. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's damn annoying because like, um, yeah, it, it just felt like a lot of questions, you are already kind of seeding uh, uh, a bias in the listener. La. Mm, yes, yes. I mean, the whole intro right. was like basically painting Singapore out to be this like nanny state and scary place and, and you know, harsh, harsh laws and and death penalty and everything, Disneyland the death penalty. You know that whole, yeah. that whole very contrived uh, Western image that, that that you and I, you know, a lot of times when we were in the studying the US, we had to endure that. All right, you know, I heard they cane you in Singapore for chewing gum. Yeah, that the, the constant refrain uh, that we always hear. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it did reek a bit of that lah. But again, I I point to the fact that he he had evidence, or at least he had done his a bit of his homework lah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he he did speak to certain things that people on the ground really face, uh, like the rental discrimination issues or or the you know Mandarin only you know for job applicants and, and things like that, lah. Yeah. Uh, I think Shamuga's answer to that was that oh you know ninety three percent of Singaporeans actually own uh stay and own their own property. It's, yeah. So <laughs> so actually maybe you are you are con- you are confusing xenophobia and 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 racial and racial inequality in Singapore, okay, uh, racial that, issues in Singapore. What do you think of the answer? Then? The- I mean, I think, yeah, that because then it became like an argument of stats, which they are not going to be able to verify on the thing, yeah. um, on the podcast itself. And it just felt like it's more about how con- convinced you are saying the stats that makes you the winner. Like, and I say winner in air mm. quotes. Because even that stats, 93% of people live in their own homes. Uh, I don't know. It own, sounds more, own and live in their own homes. Yeah, yeah. Own and live. I'm like, uh, maybe that is by household. But yeah. you get a lot of people who grew up in Singapore or an increasing number that they are they are renting, but their rental, their home address is still their their home, like, you know? So mm. it just feels like the stats are uh like uh yeah, like they all came very prepared with the stats, which made, that's why it made me feel like okay, they were they there was some idea of the questions that would come up like I don't know, maybe maybe Shamugam who deals with this day in, day out, he knows mm. the stats at the back of his mind. And he yeah. he is a lawyer, like, right? Yeah. He's been a minister for 14 years. Yeah. And I think, I'm sure he's like, um, he's very media savvy. Yeah. Shamugam that way. So, I'm sure he knows that this, 
when the politician goes on the hard talk on BBC, you know, global audience, uh, hard talk, everything. It's like, it's like for a politician, it's probably like WrestleMania. It's like facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, kind of thing. This is your moment, uh, <laughs> your chance to shine. And highly likely you will get destroyed by the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, you know what? You know the whole thing Undertaker's record WrestleMania is what, 21 and 1 or something like that. Yeah. So everyone who goes to fight him at WrestleMania is almost like you go there expecting to to lose, but you fight against the Undertaker at WrestleMania, which is like the biggest honor in, in wrestling, like, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Shamuga knew that he would be getting into this uh, like almost like political fist fight with with the with the host and then he was prepared like, he had all his stats lined up and he's probably rehearsed and he knew what he was going to say everything very well already yeah. and, uh, but but like you said the, the format of the interview doesn't allow for a deeper conversation or understanding of of, of these issues like, which is which is why I still I still uh, you know enjoy when, when when people are able to sit down and have conversations on, on podcasts like, like really really conversations like human beings on podcasts and not just like okay answer this as the as the caricature of the law minister of Singapore, you know that kind of mm. that kind of uh, stance against it, lah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, part of me was like, there was a was there was there even a point to that interview, you know? But yeah, that, I think that totally is a point because mm. it is still refreshing. Because you know, like, I think if you just look at Singapore politics or Parliament or the Committee of Privileges, there is a clear dynamic there where people mm. don't answer back to politicians like Shamugam, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But in this case, he he kind of, he did push back. Um, he he did point out certain things that, um, okay, I, I, I will find an example, but uh, he, he would challenge la, to a certain extent. Yeah. And of course, yeah. Shamugam would challenge back, but it was nice to see that dynamic and it almost makes, I don't know, makes you feel like, okay, if you know your facts, if you uh, have a strong, have a high conviction, yeah, this is what uh, a debate should be like, lah. You know, mm, mm, um, yeah. and and I just thought, hey, that's the it, 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 that's why I enjoyed it so much. I really enjoyed mm. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very, uh, very tight twenty four minutes because I think it was filmed for TV as well. It was mm. done over a call and filmed for TV, so uh, there was no time to really like you know long pauses or chit chats and, and things like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, I mean, the one thing that I found comedic almost was uh, when Steven Sakura was saying, you know, like there's um the the economist kind of um uh, said said there is a, I mean he 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 highlighted some examples from magazines that saying you know as a result of the execution of that one drug trafficker Singapore's yeah. reputation is being drug tarnished. drug trafficker not drag. Oh, drag drug oh drug trafficker <laughs> drug trafficker yeah drag, uh, apologies drag for that the, yeah. the drug trafficker yeah. uh, it is Singapore's reputation is like being tarnished and going down la. And yeah. and that just felt like in the context of how the global superpowers, including the UK, are not at the top of their game. Mm. Um, and like like what you said also, like, like where Singapore's reputation as a place that is desired by, by people around the world to come and work, mm. it felt like, okay, yo, man, you are extrapolating that one punishing uh, a bit much. Yeah. Like yeah. the, and this is separate aside from what we think about the death penalty as well because we've covered it on a previous episode. But just, it was yeah. a lot of, is it hyperbolies? Is that a correct yeah. word? Hyperbolies that were thrown around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, hyperbole. Uh, I thought it was hyperbole. Hyperbolies. Hyperbolies. Uh, uh. I, I, okay, let's, 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 let's settle this once and for all. It's a hyperbole. 
It's not a hyperbole. Hyperbole is like a... Hyperbole. Hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, but you say hyperbole. Hyperb- yeah, no, no, I wasn't very sure. That's how I was like... It's a hyperbole. Hyperbole. Yeah. Can you, can you use a bit more simple language not? and stop like trying to flex just because you heard Shamugam flexing Oh, sorry, BBC. sorry. Uh, yeah. Exaggeration, exaggeration. Exaggeration. So, yeah. so Harish is the... Uh. So the example of a sentence is like, Harish is the king of hyperbole, especially in his epic rants. That's an example, uh, right? I guess so, like, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, like, it, means, it means people who you know speak in extremes and, and, and always like sort of sound the alarm for, for worst case scenarios and all that. Yeah, what right? calling the kettle black, huh? Mr. <laughs> Every Cyclist is a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no like, yeah. Uh the the I think the you you were asking earlier about was there a use to this, was there a point to this interview mm. and all that? I think if if anything, uh I think both both of them came out uh pretty strong from the interview, like right. Mm. Like like you said, you you you. I mean, you know, his, I mean, his reputation as a hard talk. You know, the pushing the buttons of that 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 people rarely ever push. You know, that that's Steven Sucker, right? That's that's his reputation now. Mm. And Shamugam again as the as the as the fucking you know the what do you call it? Uh, the he's the he's that guardian at the gates, uh, right? You know, mm. anytime foreigners come and try and and score Singapore and all that, he's the one that. Okay, let's stop this nonsense now, you know. Yeah. This is the Singapore this is the Singapore way of it. Uh. But uh yeah, I mean, do, do you agree? I mean, I, I thought he he one one interesting thing last uh, last interesting thing that I thought was that he made a very um what I thought was a very interesting uh back of the back of the envelope or back of the of the tissue or back of the the Hen. Soviet whatever. Uh. Back of the napkin, uh, Soviet uh, We use Soviet in Singapore, right? Soviet. Mm, mm. Back the Soviet calculation of like how how likely it is for a Malay or Indian prime minister uh, or Malay or Indian candidate to become prime minister, right? Who who and, made uh, the calculation? Shamugam lah, Shamugam. He said ah, something okay. about uh, there's a twenty percent gap lah because uh, just in terms of like people having a racial preference for for their own prime minister for the uh, prime minister of their own race. So uh, I think he made a. Uh, he made the assessment that uh, I think based on on statistics, based on their own surveys and understandings of of uh, of people's preferences, that there's a basically a twenty percent gap la, that mm. a minority candidate would have to overcome in order to uh, have a higher chance than than, than a majority candidate la, mm. You know, and that's just so, to overcome the population percentage la. I think the I think he, I don't think it's the population percentage per se, but the Probably the racial preferences per se la. They're saying that not all Chinese, not all Chinese will only vote Chinese la. There's probably a, a, a like maybe there's a number maybe seventy percent or something that will vote, uh, or sixty or fifty or sixty percent that will vote only Chinese la. You know, and and and, and uh, because I'm sure what, what I'm sure there are there are Chinese who are who don't mind having a, a minority PM la. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's just he was saying it based not just based on the the population numbers but actually based on uh, the statistics of people who have preferences for a certain race for PM. Oh, uh, so so yeah. I mean yeah, like he didn't mention that that was probably from a study they did or something, la. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't mention right. that. Yeah, he but didn't mention uh, specifically. yeah. So so the answers all very very textbook, la. and like it's still kind of logical answers. Mm. Uh, but you can disagree with the overall answer about okay whether or not there's really systemic discrimination or not 
Because he did point out that, okay, uh, there is racism in Singapore, but the mm. question is how how systemic it is. Um, mm. So so I think it was almost like, okay, it was a political, po- politician's performance. Like, I think he did well as a politician's politician. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that. yeah. But yeah, I think everyone should should go and listen to it. You can find it on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, give it a chance. Don't just yeah. read the headlines and give give the topic a chance. Yeah, la, yeah. give the topic a chance. La. See, that <laughs> is a, a backhanded Soviet uh, dig at me, la, right? Backhanded right, Soviet dig. Backhanded <laughs> Soviet dig. <laughs> Use the Soviet to dig. To <laughs> dig. <laughs> you oh, turn the back of your hand, you pick up, uh, pick it up, so, pick up the Soviet. Put the Soviet the over it and whack it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah la, but, but that's the, that's the, you know, that's the law minister that we, we have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, uh, we're moving on from one uh, interesting, almost uh, legally legalistic kind of battle yeah. to an actual legal battle that is dominating the headlines, even in Singapore and even Malaysia, yeah. as we speak. Uh. And, and, Harish, this right, one, and I know you love this topic. So <laughs> This one, unlike the first topic where my initial apprehension was overwhelmed by a yeah. positive affirmation, this one I'm like, Terrence, why the fuck are we talking about this? Why because do you want to talk about this? Everyone is talking about Why? this. Why? Everyone, mean everyone, even Siashe is talking about doesn't this. Doesn't mean because everyone's talking about it, we need to talk about it. Okay. No, we need to talk about it because it is it is uh it is a very yellabattable topic. Is it? Okay, please, yeah, please it is, explain it why. But but let me give the context first. Yeah, give the I'll, I'll let you say the headline and, and give the timeline. I mean like uh, unfortunately there are many headlines because yes. it is in the mainstream news. Yeah. Um it's basically Okay, the, the one headline that I'm reading from Mothership, Singapore influencer mm. Rachel Wong ordered by High Court to share correspondence with two men involved in alleged infidelity. Mm. So I think this case first made the rounds like maybe a couple of months ago yep. or maybe yep. even earlier than that. And it's been ongoing. And now finally, the latest thing is basically Rachel Wong, who's an influencer, has to hand over or is being ordered to hand over her yeah, diary entries, messages with with the two men who she was alleged to be infidel. Uh, uh, to, to infidel, she's been to, unfaithful, to be unfaithful, unfaithful with lah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's that's where we are at now. Of course, there's a lot of history that I think Terence is is can't wait to dive into lah. Yeah. Okay, please, Terence, take the mic. Take the no, floor. I thought, I thought you were going to give a big timeline on 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 everything. Oh, the timeline. Ah. But the timeline, um, finding like a, 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 how you say, a comprehensive timeline mm. was not the easiest thing to do. Okay. Um, okay. But, yeah, but I'll, give, you... I'll give a succinct, I'll just give a succinct summary of what's been happening. Lah. Okay, can, can, can. So uh, there is a fitness influencer, Rachel Wong, who had a very highly publicized uh, wedding with a national footballer, mm. good looking guy called... Uh, up uh, uh, Ablin, is it? Ablin? Uh Anders Alps. Anders Anders Ablin. Right? Yeah, uh, Anders Ablin. Good looking national footballer guy. And she's a you know, Rachel Wong, the fitness influencer with over forty thousand followers on Instagram. Um they had a highly highly publicized uh, wedding. Um, you know, that was all over the, the news, but uh, not all the news, like all over social media. Um but then subsequently after, right after the wedding, um with I think she went on a solo trip to India 
And when once she got back from the solo trip to India, she 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 annulled the wedding lah. Mm. She fought annulment of the wedding lah. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, I guess it was uh, there were a lot of rumors swirling around at that point of time. A lot of alleged uh things that were happening. So everything we say is 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 from what we read in the papers and and what allegedly happened lah. Mm. So uh, apparently there was a uh, allegedly there was a third party involved. Uh, who happened to be uh, this uh, uh, actor, Alan Wan, mm. uh, from Hong Kong, who seemed to be a very good friend of hers, lah. Uh, but the alleged things that the, the alleged things that were hap- that happened and were stated, um, subsequently in an Instagram post by a friend of uh the the ex husband's new girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. So the so this this friend her name is Olivia Wu. And yeah. she's the one who's being sued by Rachel Wong in this uh, defamation case. La. This Olivia Wu put out on Instagram, I think in Instagram stories, alleging that uh, this Rachel Wong had cheated on her husband uh, even pr- prior to the to the wedding already. But apparently even on the, allegedly even on the wedding night itself, uh, you know, and she slept with uh, this, uh, this third party, Alan Alan mm. and Alan also happened to be the MC for the wedding, lah. Yeah. So so just imagine, yeah, la, the the bride sleeping with the MC of her own wedding, lah. You know. Mm. So that was what what was alleged in in one of the things, and um, she I think she also alleged that uh that that uh Rachel Wong had also uh you know rela- a relationship with a gym trainer, uh prior to the to prior to getting married and everything as well. Yeah. So. All this, you know, all this. I mean, I think there were other very, uh, other details of infidelity and all that that you can also, you can you can dig up like, if you if you really read the article. But the point here is that after that, you know, Rachel Wong had decided to sue this Olivia Wu for defamation, mm. uh, and then um, you know, uh, after suing for defamation, uh, this Olivia Wu also like uh, she requested to be able to access. As part of the process of discovery, like, right? You know, in terms of getting evidence, she requested to be able to access um, the Rachel Wong's diary entries, as well as the correspondence between her and her gym trainer, and her and Alan Wu as well, like, for a period yeah. of a number of years. Alan Wan. Alan Wan, sorry, Alan Wan. Alan Wu, Alan different, Wu. La, bro. <laughs> Alan Wan, yeah, Alan Wan. Uh, Alan Wan, me. yeah. Don't sue me, Alan Wu. But yeah, so she requested that the that level of detail, like, you know. Uh, which which the apparently the courts prior to uh, the 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 court granted the judicial court granted and then uh Rachel Wong Rachel Wong side was very unhappy at that they're like why do I have to like basically why do I have to help my opponent you know by giving them more information or evidence uh? mm. and she and she uh, and she appealed to the high court and the high court turned around and threw it back at her saying that no this is you know your this is totally relevant for the case like, to make. To make it, uh, you know, to 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 show that you are you are actually being defamed, uh, you know. Yeah. So, uh, he has granted the the high court judge has granted the, um, the defendant, uh, access to her Rachel Wong's diary entries as well as the correspondence with the two men. Uh, but at the same time, the the judge also, uh, in his in his um written judgment, he was also very um. You can tell that he he had a certain dismissiveness to to the case as well. You know the things he said about uh the the quality of the 
of the arguments put forward as well as like uh so this, I mean just the language he uses just is just very uh very salty, like, very salty. The judge, yeah. Yeah, the judge. Very salty in the uh, well, in in the sense of like he's like, he's like oh you know she claims to have over forty over thousand subscribers or followers on Instagram which in her own estimation makes her a celebrity that's why she's suing and, and all that lah yeah so so but then why do you want to talk about this because even hearing you give the timeline of events it just feels like a private affair that for mm. some reason has become news yeah I think the some the, like like. Okay, I mean, even like Xia Xie, she dissected all this a little bit in her own Instagram stories. Mm. Uh, I don't recommend it. anyone go and, go and read Xia Xie's Instagram stories, like, but you know, she always does a pretty good job of of making making uh, the most mundane things sound quite exciting or so, like, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, she she does raise a point that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Rachel Wong's strategy going to this was to, she thought if you sue someone for defamation, and all that you, you can actually keep everything under under a lid uh, you know it won't explode out of proportion yeah but uh it seems that strategy seems to have completely backfired on her uh. you know instead of uh less people hearing about about this whole thing it has you know become literally headlines in singapore and malaysia the malay mail also carry article about this uh, so you know, I mean, maybe maybe that's what she wants, uh, with the, the but possibly it also brings more attention to her as an influencer as well. But mm. besides that, I mean, uh, the worst part is that she actually has to now produce produce like the actual diary entries and the actual correspondence she had with these two guys, lah. Mm. And so yeah, she breaks it down to it has become a loose loose situation for her, where you know, let's say let's say there was uh there was infidelity or anything like that, like, right? Then, yeah. the you know, the text messages and all that would be, would be very damning uh, and would make, almost make her, uh, like, she had committed perjury, uh, basically, if anything, if she said anything under oath about not having a relationship with these people and all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, 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 yeah, like, whereas, then the other side is like, if you, if you don't want to release all these uh, private texts and all that, then you drop the case it also then it also proves that in the court of public opinion that maybe you are guilty lah. That's why you don't dare to don't dare to show hand lah, You know. Yeah. Um. So it's a. I think just in, in terms of that 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 the her failed strategy to try and close the lid on this this uh, all these allegations and all that. Uh, is is a good lesson to people. Anyone who is facing a similar kind of situation lah, right? Mm. Where where you you know you've gotten to a somewhat public spat with somebody. And uh, you want to use the law to shut them up, you know, as opposed to mediation or just talking to the person and, and everything like that, right? But because, I mean, but that also means that uh, that strategy is not the best if maybe there is some truth to the uh, allegations. Yeah, possibly. I mean, not only, not only the best, uh, but it seems to have completely backfired in her head. Because sense, if, you are, if you if it's totally false allegations, let's say someone is really coming up with some nonsense shit, then yeah. you want to sue, it's fine. Like, because yeah. unless unless you hand over your laptop or something, then they find porn. Like, then you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. right, but then, it's, by, but if it's part. not relevant to the case, I think they, 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 they whatever, like, you know, they can't just Are you sure or not? Like, yeah. so no, case- it's not the police. Right? It's, it's the, you're handing over to the lawyers like, on the other side. Right. I guess, but it just feels like if you have porn on your laptop in Singapore yeah, and your yeah. laptop is not in your hands, right? They'll find it. Y- y- they'll, someone <laughs> will find it. Like. Someone will it's, find it. Maybe yeah. if it's not their jurisdiction, they'll be like, yo, cops, we found yeah. a laptop with porn, man. 
Yeah. Uh, send this for Harish. Women don't watch porn, la. Women don't watch porn. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> what are you talking about? Eh? I forgot. Women don't watch porn. Correct, correct. correct. What, yeah. what, what was I talking about? <laughs> what <are you> thinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, stupid me. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot. That one yeah. universal truth. Um, right. Yeah. But la, yeah, but, so, so, uh, the, yeah, if she was completely innocent, right? Like n- nothing, then you'll be like, okay, la, just take, take my diary entries, la, right? You know? But then, and, but still, I mean, even if she's completely innocent, she still has to pay legal fees, right? Correct, correct, correct. But maybe it's one of those things that if she is completely innocent, um, and yeah, like the diary may may reveal some other stuff, but if it um grants like proves that she's innocent, do know it like now the court of public opinion is totally she, against her. It's yeah. against her already, like even if she's acquitted, yeah. even if she's proven to be innocent. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think people will care as much about the end result as they do about the case right now. Yeah, right. yeah. I think I think a lot of people now are following the case because you know they they want to they want to know what's in the details of the text messages and and the diary entries and all. But that, you think right? that will make the news? Uh you mean the end result of this case? No, the end result probably lah. But the diary yeah, yeah. entries and all that one, no lah, right? That one. Will I think be... only 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 closer to the conclusion of the case, then you you will hear more details about it, lah. Because I think the yeah. judge's statement, they had some excerpts from the Olivia Wu's Instagrams, yeah. Instagram stories, right? Where yeah. it was a mix of like dialect and English, and you could tell the yeah. judge was thinking to himself, "Why the fuck am I working <laughs> on this case? Yeah, why yeah, exactly? Why I don't give a shit about this." Uh, and so that was, I mean, I I will say that this is interesting in the sense that how is this happening that's where yeah. that's the only way I can think of a way that this is interesting like how and why is this in so much news and I mean, now we are uh, talking about it yeah I mean because remember we just came from a very very big defamation uh, case where Johnny Depp when you said very very big defamation I thought of something else but of what what do you think of I mean the first two syllables of defamation and then you, you, then you yeah then no defer and then you said a very big before that. Big what? Def- defecation, like you say. <laughs> See, that's the, the standard of humor. That's the standard of humor Harish is at on Friday, on Friday morning. Because you just said, I just came from a very big defamation. Then I was like, hey, yeah, parents, yeah. fuck, we don't need that info on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so you can tell <laughs> the level of humor that we're playing at. Yeah, on a Friday morning, with Harish woke up and had to go to the office a bit yeah, earlier. Correct, than, correct. Than normal. Didn't get his beauty sleep last night. <laughs> but yeah. yes, very big defamation. Amber heard Johnny Depp. Yeah. Please, Terrence, carry correct, on. Correct, correct. So, yeah. I think that case was, uh, uh, you know, the the Johnny Depp had uh, had to prove that that, that Amber heard light, lah, right? Yeah. And uh, I think you can pretty much say he, he won, lah, right? he managed to do so. Mm. He managed to prove that Amber Heard lied about a lot of things, which actually, uh, you know, in in the defamation trial is actually very hard to do, like, right? Yeah. But but he managed to do it with his, I mean, his his quite strong legal team and everything. Yeah. Whereas this one, I feel like um, Miss Rachel Wong, I feel like she's been let down by her legal team. If anything, uh. mm. you know, like if anything, they are supposed to ideally protect you further against against any issues like this coming up. And and if the legal team had really put in a good case that, you know, that um she already has suffered so much damage from this thing, how can you let her suffer more damage by having to reveal more of her private private life and all that? I, th- I think if I mean I'm not a lawyer, uh and I didn't I didn't read the judgments. I didn't read the the appeal or anything, but 
I feel like uh, the judge was also making references that the legal team didn't uh, put the put forward the case very well. Uh. Like he didn't understand what the whole thing, what the defamation trial, and what what which part of it was defamatory uh, or the content. You know, mm, mm. you know, and, and maybe it boils down to, maybe it boils down to uh, how much of it is true, uh, right? You know, yeah. Alleged, or how much how much of the alleged uh, defamatory content is actually true? If a lot of it is true, then you know what is that to actually what is that to actually sue someone for defamation for like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, um, I mean, let let's go away from the legal side of things, like Just just because uh, you are, I mean, you are having your uh, organizing a wedding soon or that, like, like how yeah. would you feel if you're all like, like the next day you woke <laughs> up from your wedding and then you then you you discover that your 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 bride slept in the arms of the wedding MC. The night before, not the, the, the same uh, night. How how do you think I feel? Of course, <laughs> fucked up lah. Like when you got married five years, six seven, six years ago. Yeah. I'm sure you would have felt. I was the MC to your wedding. Yeah, you were the MC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, Correct. Uh, you have been pretty fucked up. Uh, yeah, but, it's just fucked and up. Like, you you had you you had a hotel room also, right? Right. Like, well, I did have a hotel like, room. The same hotel. Just, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. have a hotel room. Yeah, I yeah. ate the wonderful breakfast and all that alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was alone la. <laughs> no, I mean, the, for, for context sake, there was a room for all the brothers and everything, but but the only Harish decided to stay la, right? Yeah. And I was going out with someone at that oh no, I thought I, I did ask that person to come, but uh no la, did she didn't, didn't and I just yeah. went to this huge room by myself and I ate breakfast alone by myself. Um Yeah. But yeah, like, like hearing that story also, right? It's like, what the fuck? It's not just cheating with someone else. It's cheating with the MC of your wedding on your wedding night. Wedding night, yeah. And of it course, that is that is an allegation. But, allegation. Um, but holy shit, man. There's some like, there's some uh, Netflix, like K-drama material. Uh. Because I mean, this whole thing sounds, sounds messy. Like, okay, because the person who put out the Insta stories accusing her in the first place is the friend of... Rachel's ex-husband's current girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it just feels like why is she getting involved? That's why it just feels this. there's probably so much un- like it's just one messy steaming like um like pile of like a hot mess kind of thing. But mm. the fact that it's in the news just makes me go like oh man. And yeah. Like I think maybe it's just people are curious about what's going to happen because it's like watching a TV show. La. It's a TV correct, show. Correct. Yeah. Is a TV I mean, show. One, one, I think one thing to do to point out is also that uh, you know, we've only heard like like you know one side of the story. Yeah. So far, we've not heard. I mean, we've heard that oh, allegedly Rachel Wong might have cheated and all that, right? But you know, you don't know what happens on the other side of the husband and all this, the ex-husband and everything as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's um before everyone jumps to conclusions, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't. I think don't uh flood uh, you know her with negative comments because I think I think you know now everyone's doing the ngl.link thing um, uh, oh it's not like gonna... anonymous no, it's oh, like, questions uh, anonymous and all, questions yeah, yeah, yeah you can ask people and then somehow it, I think they post it directly on Instagram stories or something like that la. yeah um, yeah so so I think she's she's starting to get some questions about uh, if you you know if you loved your ex-husband why would you annul the oh, marriage yes, and yes, stuff yes, like that correct. Yeah. And she's had to answer saying, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, you discover, you know, the process of self-discovery, you discover, 
you discover you're not the person that that who who was who used to be that person that was dating you know mm. uh, ex-husband or whatever so uh, like you say like it's a messy situation uh we're talking about like a bunch of young people you know good looking uh, probably a lot of options in their lives and then realizing hey, maybe i don't want to i don't want to cross i don't want to cross this milestone of my life yet lah you know and so they announced their marriage and everything like that so uh uh yeah lah i mean i don't want to rush to judge her or anything like that but but i think the if anything this this the court case has just you know sort of forced the spotlight on it and and yeah, here we are talking about it lah even though at the same time talk about don't judge them <laughs> yeah that's why um yeah. i mean yeah it's just i guess uh is the the a tv drama lah it's a tv drama yeah, it's a TV drama. But yeah. yeah. Do you know of these uh, influencers before that? Rachel Wong? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know of oh, them. Oh, you know? Uh? I know of them. I don't know them. Like, I know of them. Is it follow? Uh? No. No. Then how you know of them? I know of them doesn't mean I follow. Uh. Oh, okay, okay. You mean everyone oh, you, you know oh, of, you follow? Oh, you use, uh? use the Ministry of Funny account and follow. Uh. No lah. <laughs> hey, hello, hello. You can go and check lah, <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. Man, this is like the, the legal lease already. I never follow. I never no, follow. Because but, I but take the time. Ministry of Funny account, I, I follow. I take the time to, you know, get to know the industry and who's there and all that. Uh. Yeah. yeah. This is the industry, man. I mean, it's content creator industry. Like they are all actors, also actors and actresses. Well, as, as the judge says, you know, in her own estimation, she's she's a celebrity. Just because you're oh, in yeah. the industry doesn't mean you're a celebrity. <laughs> Just yeah, because but, you're, uh, yeah, la. Exciting, exciting. Somewhat exciting, la. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, speaking of things that are exciting. Yes, correct. Shall Let's we jump, jump onto the one show comment of the past few days? Yeah. Yeah, what man. is your one shot comment? Uh my one shot comment comes on the thread of the podcast three zero four where we talked about Lawrence Wong unveiling Forward Singapore. Uh, and yeah. I think on the episode I mentioned that uh that the Forward Singapore phrase or that kind of terminology feels like we have heard it so many times in the past for different task force, different papers, different I don't know consultation periods. Uh, and I couldn't remember many other terms except for. For one, like the emerging, emerging stronger conversations, but uh, original goat one took the time mm. to kind of help us refresh our memory and listed mm. the various terms over the years, like Starting with nineteen ninety seven, there was Singapore twenty one, two thousand two, there was the Economic Review Committee plus remaking Singapore, two thousand nine Economic Strategy Committee, two thousand twelve our Singapore conversation, and so on. Uh, I haven't, I haven't verified um, how accurate that is, but I, I give this comment the benefit of the doubt and. Thanks for mm. the memory refresh, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, think when, I, you, when you see it all together, it is quite funny, lah. Yeah, every every three four years, there's something, lah, right? Yeah, there's some A new catchphrase, something, lah. Yeah, correct, correct. I mean, it, it pretty much dovetails with like every uh, every after every election, lah. Mm. It's usually something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, correct, correct. A new or social some, compact or some new high high position uh, change, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what what about you, man? What well, your comment is uh on the you know the hotly discussed episode three oh three about Roe Ro v Wade. Uh Majestic mm. Economist. Uh I mean on a slight tangent say, what if in twenty years time the Singapore courts make a ruling on Harish v Terence regarding the right to abort a birthday? 
citing Terence, the courts rule that every birthday has a right to be celebrated by friends and family, even if the person whose birthday it was doesn't want it celebrated. <laughs> the sanctity of birthdays must be celebrated, the court concluded, with no exceptions. Even if the birthday boy or girl is ill or has the celebration forced on them, how would Harish feel? Would he be upset at the infringement of his rights or will he finally be able to accept that birthdays are meant to be celebrated? So I, I want to give a shout out to this comment because it's a, such a meta, uh, you know, uh, play on, on, on something that we had discussed in the podcast mm. and also the topic of the actual podcast itself about, uh, you know, the, the infringement of your privacy versus versus your, you know, the, the sanctity of a birthday to be celebrated. Uh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty funny comment. Oh, oh but can I find out? I also, I also kind of, I think I know where your, where your pronunciation of birthday comes from really. What? Where? It's a, it was like, if you go back to the year 2000 and, was it 2001 or something like that, when, when uh, hip hop ruled the airwaves and this was the only song that you would hear any anytime you entered the club. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Go shorty, it's your birthday. We go to party like it's your birthday. <laughs> so he said it as birthday. Yeah, he, he pronounces it birthday in the song. No, but how yeah. do you say birthday? Do you take the time to say the birthday? Or you I just say, say more birthday? like, a, I say more like birthday, but I still say birthday. Oh. Yeah, I will do the I F, I F, I F. So you F thing. it, la, you F birthday, it. Birthday, I F it, yeah. You F it, I D I don't it, birth, birthday. I don't birthday. Birthday. But, but birthday. I realized, yeah, I was trying to like, eh, what is this birthday thing? Then I'm like, oh yeah, it is from, it is from 50 Cent in the, you know, the seminal uh, club hit, in the club. Yeah, mm. shorty, it's your birthday. It's your way of, of like sounding badass and saying it, la, right? Mm, exactly and you know the other day when I was with my mom I just asked her mom what, what do you uh, how do you make that what do you call that thing you make with eggs in a pan and all and she said omelette I was like that's where I got it from it's a family thing it's a family so if you ever meet my mom don't ask her for an omelette ask her for an omelette ask her uh, you should ask her also how she says birth- birthday uh. oh yeah, yeah I'll ask her yeah, yeah, I'll ask yeah. her next time yeah Maybe she's cool. a 50 cent, 50 cent fan as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know that rapper, 50 cent? <laughs> uh, okay, cool. All right. Oh, yeah. Now for the one show thing of the past few days. Would you yeah. like to go first this time? Um. Yeah, it's a Netflix show. Mm. That I don't think a lot of people have watched. That's why I, I, I heartily recommend it. Uh, it's called You Don't Know Me. Uh, mm. And it's a UK Netflix show. Uh, four episodes only, limited series. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of a uh, courtroom drama, but not really, and not not so much about courtroom. But it's just a a guy in a in a who's in the middle of a court court case who a murder court case like, and basically is defending himself. Uh, and he's just retelling the story of how he ended up there. Uh, so the the yeah, I think it's interesting because the ending is a bit um. The ending is a little bit ambiguous, mm. and and it's up to the audience. Uh, it's up to you as the audience member to figure out whether what was the verdict and everything in the end, lah. So it's a, you know, it's not like your usual um, Netflix high octane drama from episode one or or episode two onwards. It, it, like, it is a bit of a slow build, but then uh, when the twists and turns are happening, it's like oh, it's, it's pretty interesting, ah. Mm. Yeah. It was and a it show shows like you know British. Uh, uh, British urban uh, urban life on the British streets and all that which is a bit different uh. you know they mm. use interesting terms like what's up fam you know uh, 
uh, you know, hey, cuz, that kind of thing, which we don't hear about. And we don't hear that much on, on, on US TV, right? It's a, it's a limited series. Four episodes, just four and episodes. What made you, you know? want to watch it? Uh, I was looking for thriller, courtroom dramas, you know, and then this one, this one came up. I and mean, my last experience with a British, a British courtroom drama was pretty good. Also, Anatomy of a Scandal. You yeah. like anything to do with courtroom, huh? Like, there's even the Rachel Wong case or courtroom. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck, let's talk about it, man. No, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting when you take when you take the because I mean, to us, we 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 don't deal with the law on a day to day basis, mm. and it baffles us sometimes. How come the you know, certain things are very obvious, but how come the law can't do anything about it? And then we understand the intricacies of it. Then you're like, oh, okay, that's why it's like that and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And the, the law affects us in every every day and every way. I see, I see. Isn't it interesting to also uh, sometimes watch it as part of your entertainment as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair point, yeah. fair point. Yeah. yeah, actually, today's discussion was about a law minister. Yeah, a law minister. Case, and then now case. we might one shot thing also. Yeah, your yeah. one shot thing also. Then yeah. even the one shot comment also something to do with law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. So, yeah. Terrence, you need to episode. chill the fuck out, man. So what is your chill one shot uh, thing? My one shot thing is um the annual Mark Twain Prize for comedy was given out recently and it went to John Stewart. So mm. the Mark Twain Prize actually is not, I don't think it's that well-known a prize, but it's probably the most prestigious thing that a comedian can get in the US. Like. I yeah. think they've been maybe about nine or ten winners so far. You get winners like Dave Chappelle, Tina Fey, um, and... Bill Cosby? I mean, Did Bill Cosby win it? Oh, maybe... Yeah, that one, I don't know. But oh. it's basically anyone, who, everyone who has won it, you will know of them. Like Will Ferrell also won it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just anyone who has contributed a lot to comedy. Like. This year was Jon Stewart. Um, and traditionally, the winner gives a speech, but uh, in the lead up to that he invites some of his closest friends or peers to to give like a homage speech also. Mm. So this year, John Stewart's speech, it was okay, it was good. Um, but the the people who gave the speeches leading up, like Dave Chappelle, Steve Carell, and even Olivia Munn, they were damn good and very good for different reasons. Like Dave Chappelle, he, his was super heartfelt and he's just a master orator. So he just spoke very nicely. But I think my favorite of all was Steve Carell. He's so funny. Um, and they're like five to eight minutes each and you watch it and you're like, wow, shit. Um, the, it's, it, I, you watch it in a bit of awe because all these people, if you're like in your 30s now, chances are you may have seen them when they were starting out and then to see them all accomplish these things together as like the same age group, it really, there's something very special there. Yeah. And yeah. it's very earnest and very sincere and yeah, it just, it just warms the cockles of your heart, man. But if you had time for one, I would say Steve Carell. I, I fucking loved his. Yeah, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's awarded for having had an impact on American society in ways similar to Mark Twain. Oh, okay. So it's, it's quite specific. So I, it, I guess your social standing and your you know your general public reputation is an important part of it as well, right? Yeah. So is, is it isn't but is the Mark Twain Prize for American humor la? That's yeah, the only prize, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, okay, okay. That's right. So since nineteen ninety eight, so it's not that yeah. old, la. It's not that. His old. name marked after Twain due to his status as a controversial social commenter, an uncompromising perspective of social injustice and personal folly. Mm. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. So the winners so far have been uh Richard Pryor, Jonathan Winters, Carl Rayner, Whoopi Goldberg, uh. Yeah. 
got oh Bill Cosby. 2009, Bill Cosby. Oh shit, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was rescinded, but I was rescinded in 2018. That didn't age yeah. well. Oh, even <laughs> Ellen got Jay Leno, Eddie Murphy, Bill yeah. Murray, Dave Chappelle, Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So, David Letterman. So yeah, so normally the speeches all are, are very entertaining. So, mm. but yeah, this year, it's just check it out. Like, it's, it's, a, it's good fun. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Cool, well, man. Cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, back down with our third podcast of the week. Yeah. Um, I guess have a good weekend, man. Yeah, don't don't be too uptight about the whole about all the law and order mm. that we had had in this episode. Lah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just chill out. Cool. And talk to y'all soon. <laughs>